I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, January 20th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance and tech, all in less than seven minutes. So Jay, I don't know if you saw this, but on Reddit, there were a bunch of users sharing the most underrated websites. Do you have any websites that you use frequently that you think are underrated? Yes, I do. And I, do you want me to tell them? You, you like to say no free plugs, but I think Canva is underrated, <laughs> even though it's highly rated. It's not underrated. It's like a multi-billion dollar <laughs> business. Hey, <laughs> fair enough. Well, yeah, I think that's a good one too. There's these, there's these websites that are open libraries where you can go and there are a number of books that have passed their kind of copyright. And so you can just download them for free now. Like I think Moby Dick's one of them. Like, I, you know, there's just a bunch of free content out there, which I think is really good, especially if you want to explore the classics. So that's one I like. And then image background removers, that's another one that they shared, which is very useful. I don't know, I've always tried to do this on Photoshop and I'm just terrible at it. Well, it's easy to do in Canva. Let me just give a little bit of a plug, uh, even though it's free. But you know what I found about what you just said, Brett? Yeah, what? It can be really hard to find Moby Dick. Dad joke. Yeah, that's a real, that's a real dad joke. <laughs> Brett, aside from that, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, forget your password. For our second story, competition is for losers. And for our third story, dirty mining. For our first story, Toronto-based password manager 1Password raised $620 million in a round that marked the largest round ever raised by a Canadian company. Brett, for the forgetful like me, what's 1Password and how did it get so big? So 1Password helps everyday people to keep track of their growing list of passwords. It's for peak pals who are still using the ABC1234 as their bank password. 1Password helps you create secure, longer, more complicated passwords and store them for easy access. And so here's a fun fact. Do you know what the most common password in the world is? <laughs> no, but I can bet it's not secure. Well, you're right. It's not secure. It is actually 12345. Six. Uh, that's it. So if you ever want to guess someone's password, that's probably the one to try, which is why in 2015, the company started offering their product to businesses, including Shopify and IBM, which now make up around 60% of 1Password's revenue. 1Password helps these companies enhance their own cybersecurity by ensuring employees are using their own secure passwords. And here's how they make money. 1Password charges companies $7.99 a month per user and consumer customers $2.99 a month. And together, they've been able to achieve that holy grail for venture capital of reoccurring revenue and B2B sales. And 1Password just raised a $6.8 billion valuation. That's more than triple that what was just over six months ago since its last funding round. The round included some of the biggest names in business in Hollywood, including the family office of Mark Zuckerberg, Sheryl Sandberg, Jack Dorsey, and celebrities, including Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Matthew McConaughey, and yes, that's right, Deadpool himself, Canadian Ryan Reynolds. So Jay, what's the driving trend behind why 1Password has been able to raise so much money and become one of the biggest tech companies in Canada? Well, it's the projected growth of password manager market, which is expected to hit $2 billion by 2025. So congrats to the 1Password team, including the chief password officer, Alphanumeric, and chief IT leader, Special Character. This is a huge accomplishment. For our second story, in another effort to rein in the U.S.'s biggest tech companies, the White House is weighing support for the Bipartisan American Innovation and Choice Online Act, a bill designed to stop big tech companies from stifling competition. Jay, do you want to tell us what your birthplace is doing to rein in the world's biggest tech companies? Sure, but let me just say that American Innovation and Choice Online Act is not an innovative name. They should have really put some thought into that. It was Amy Klobuchar, by the way. Uh <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, really? Well, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So let's start with the legi- the legislation. The American Innovation and Choice Online Act seeks to stop major tech companies, including Meta and Apple, from self-preferencing or pushing their own products in front of products made by competitors and in turn limiting choices for consumers. For instance, if the act is passed into law, Apple's App Store would no longer be able to rank Apple Music ahead of Spotify or Keynote ahead of PowerPoint, even though the choice is clear on that one. I don't know if it is. I think PowerPoint works fine, too. I think you just, I I, I don't know, one day is your pro-Android, the next day you're anti-Microsoft, you're all over the place. The White House plans to meet this week to discuss how to rein in the U.S.'s biggest tech companies, possibly through this piece of legislation. However, the White House doesn't plan on openly endorsing the bill just yet. Meanwhile, today, members of the Senate Judiciary Committee are scheduled to debate and make changes to the bill before it's off to a vote. The bill could be up to a vote by the end of the meeting and then advance to the floor. They really got to change the name of this bill. It's way too long. The American Innovation and Choice Online Act's fast movement through Congress has ignited fear among tech giants, prompting Google, Apple, Amazon, all to write letters in response to the bill. And Jay, that's when you know they're scared, when they start the letter writing campaigns. Do you think Jeff Bezos actually has a pen that he like writes a letter? Um, They should be worried the bill, if passed into law, would force Apple to let developers sell their apps and subscriptions outside of their app store. And as a result, Apple could lose the 15 to 30% cut it takes from sales developers make through the app store. So it's worth billions and billions of dollars, Brett. So, Jay, why should Peak Pals care about this legislation? Well, competition is good for consumers. If the legislation's passed, it would be a huge win for smaller tech companies and allow for more competition, which should result in lower prices for consumers. For our last story, energy consumption around Bitcoin mining is getting more attention with a top EU financial regulator calling for an outright ban on the main form of Bitcoin mining. So Brett, our resident crypto expert, I have cannabis, you have crypto. Want to explain to the Peak Pals what the EU financial regulator is so worked up about? That's right. We both each have our own fringe industries that we can talk about. And so for some context, cryptocurrency mining makes up about 0.6% of the world's total energy usage. That's burning through more electricity than Norway consumes every year. And the way this happens is because Bitcoin mining requires a process called proof of work, where computers, primarily the GPUs in these computers, perform advanced calculations to verify transactions being done on the blockchain. Those computers, also known as miners, are rewarded with small amounts of Bitcoin every time they do this. Now, this is the same system as Ethereum, the programmable secondary blockchain uses, but Ethereum is also transitioning off to what they're calling a new proof-of-stake model that would eliminate the need for miners altogether. And that's what Eric... Thedian, I think I'm pronouncing that right. He's the vice chair of the European Securities and Markets Authority. That's what he wants. He said that the EU should push the cryptocurrency industry towards the less energy intensive proof of stake. Now, House Energy and Commerce Committee Democrats, the staff, also issued a memo explaining why they're looking into the high energy demands of cryptocurrency. Their memo cites estimates that in 2021, carbon emissions from Bitcoin and ETH mining, two biggest cryptocurrencies by volume, are equal to emissions from over 15.5 million gas-powered cars. Yeah, Jay, you almost said 1.5 million. It is way more. It's 15.5 million gas-powered cars. There's already a shift towards proof-of-stake protocols. Six of the 10 most valuable tokens uh, on coin market cap are using proof-of-stake rather than proof-of-work. It's just the only way that they can scale and also stay green. But with something like Bitcoin, 
it's actually very unlikely they'll ever move to proof of stake. Ethereum, I think, is very likely, but Bitcoin, it's very tough because it's kind of built in this proof of work mechanism. So, Jay, why should PeakPels care about the environmental footprint of Bitcoin? Well, we should care about the environmental footprint of almost everything. But if Bitcoin is going to be the digital gold for the sake of the planet, the protocol is going to have to figure out a greener way to mint new coins. And if they don't, that could open the door to a competitive proof of stake protocols. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. As always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, you might have noticed that I smiled through this whole episode. That's because the kids are back at school after a month. So quite, <laughs> yeah. pretty giddy over Congratulations. here. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks.